0: Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at (laughs) TripInsurance.com.
1: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up later on in the show, we'll get a review of Carnival Splendor from Tina. We'll also talk about parking at Port Canaveral and the hotels down there. And also, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News. Get to him in just a couple of seconds. Some housekeeping things first. Don't forget, we are on Snapchat. Look us up at Cruise Radio. Also, hook up with us on our Facebook group. Just type in Cruise Radio News on Facebook and uh, talk some cruise talk with us. Love to have you. All right, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart?
1: Hey, Doug. How's it going?
0: Good, man. So Carnival Magic has left uh, Galveston, Texas and is now joining us here in Florida. What's the latest with her?
1: Well, uh, Carnival Magic, as you said, has left uh, Galveston, Texas, and is now in Florida. So uh, where Carnival Dream once was, Carnival Sunshine, now they're ringing over Carnival Magic to uh, grace the uh, sunshiny beaches there in uh, Port Canaveral. She will be doing seven-night Eastern and Western Caribbean uh, to some nice ports, and she's got uh, a few nice upgrades for people looking to see. Sale out of uh, Central Florida.
0: Now, when you say nice upgrades, you talking about one of the guys' barbecue joints?
1: Yeah, the barbecue joint. Not the burger joint, mm-hmm. but the barbecue joint.
0: Is there a guys' burger joint on Carnival Magic?
1: There is, and uh, it's right by the uh, Blue Iguana and Red Frog by the pool on Lido. And the barbecue is taking over for Jimmy's Barbecue on the promenade deck. Hmm. And, uh, you know, from the pictures we've seen, it looks like quite an extravaganza.
0: Royal Caribbean's Empress of the Seas now. They had this ship years ago, deployed it to a sister line, brought it back to the Royal Caribbean fleet, but they keep canceling sailings. What's wrong this time?
1: Well, they had to cancel another seven sailings, and you know, if, if you watch those uh, home-flipping shows, a lot of times when you kind of start peeling things back, you realize that you have more, more and more problems, and that's been you know kind of the case. So there's, there's been a lot more work that's had to be done, and in certain areas they actually... Uh, took it back to steel and there were areas where they just like completely replaced dining venues, uh, in its entirety, mm. uh, where they were hoping to not have to do, you know, such an extensive work, save that maybe for a future dry dock. But, uh, I mean, they, they, it was so extensive, some of the damage that, uh, they went ahead and they just got, uh, you know, everything replaced now. So this way when the ship does enter service, it's going to look, uh, good as new.
0: It'll be going straight to Cuba. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Um, MSC Cruises detailed more of the upcoming MSC Seaside. Of course, that's their brand-new ship that they're building, launching in December of 2017, I believe. What do we hear about the ship this time?
1: Well, I mean, they've thrown some highlights at us. Uh, They're going to have um, some outdoor catwalks that uh, I guess are reminiscent of the Royal and uh, Regal Princess, but uh, they won't extend quite as far. But, uh, I mean, they'll have some glass railings, glass floors, and, you know, they're going to have terrace, balcony, state rooms. They're going to have a... Uh, they claim the longest zip line at sea, so it'll be longer than Oasis, uh, Allure, and, and Harmony, possibly. They think it's going to be about 425 feet long. An interactive 5D cinema, which, uh, you know, we, we see uh, something similar on some of the carnival ships. So uh, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, maybe maybe they found the fifth dimension or you know who knows what's going on and uh, what they're drinking <laughs> over there in the water <laughs> you,
0: know, you know what though it's these cruise lines crack me up because it's like a bunch of teenage boys sitting around measuring which one's bigger because well, every, everyone's we're
1: like one up our, yeah, our water slide mine's is bigger. 3 feet longer um <laughs> terrace balcony staterooms uh, right. you know we may not uh, totally uh, you know understand what the concept is but i mean there have been cruise ships that have, have had terraced balcony staterooms before so I don't know how it's an industry first, but, you know, Doug, it is interesting. Some, some cruise lines do live in vacuums. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, you know, they think, well, you know, we're the first to have an ice skating rink. Well, no, not actually. Uh, you know, there's been another cruise line that uh, had it, you know, over a decade before. You know, some cruise lines think they invented a casino. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they were the first to make uh, ships float.
0: Uh, Holland America's Koningsdam is officially on her inaugural voyage. So uh, where did she start, and when is she going to come here and see us in Florida?
1: Well, uh, she started off in Venice, and uh, so this is the uh, newest dam ship by Holland America. Mm-hmm. She will uh, sail the, the summer and uh, fall in, in Europe, sailing around, and uh, she does make her way to the Caribbean, and she'll be based in Fort Lauderdale beginning in November.
0: Fathom, Carnival Corp's newest impact what are they calling that, Social Impact?
1: Right, Social Impact. Yeah. Um, it is Carnival Corp's 10th brand, so to go along with Carnival and Holland America and Princess and Canard and, and Seabourn and the other, other brands, this is the 10th one. They brought in Adonia, which is a 30,000-ton, 700-passenger ship that was originally built for Renaissance Cruises as R-8. Uh, other similar ships are, are sailing for Azamar and Oceana. Those are, it's the workhorse for their fleets. You know, I think a lot of you and I experienced uh, many of the programs in September uh, down there at Amber Cove, uh, thought they were great. I can only tell you this really far surpassed any expectations that I had. Uh, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. And to see, I mean, all the additional programs, you know, that we weren't aware of, like, you know, the forestation and, you mm-hmm. know, being able to work in a recycling plant. But it was the uh, classes or the orientations that they gave on the first day at sea. That prepared everybody for their first day in Amber Cove. Uh, I mean, it really—it really seemed like they thought of everything.
0: Well, I was going to say, I—I'll be the first to tell you, I was skeptical on taking the sailing at all because it didn't seem like my cup of tea but after the first day and we did the impact classes uh, our first sea day where we kind of learned what we're getting into and how we're helping people with like the water filters and how much infectious diseases there are over there because of nasty water and just learning the basics kind of a dr 101 before we got there and then actually getting there and working in the rainforest that was just like I was blown away. I, I, I wish I only did a partial sailing. I wish I would have done the whole sailing.
1: I agree. I mean, people were coming back, and they were each bragging that, you know, I planted 350 seedlings today. Mm-hmm. Well, I did 370. I did 399. Yeah. I mean, I mean think about it. Thousands of new trees were, were planted in the Dominican Republic in one week. Yeah. And the, the English classes, I mean, you saw the kids on how, how appreciative they were of these people, you know, being at their school for five to six hours, and the immediate impact—I mean, I'm not trying to overuse the word—that they had, and the differences that these 700 people already made, and this is going to happen—you know, every other week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really going to do an enormous benefit to the people in the Dominican Republic. But it, it's it's nice for people to be able to give more of themselves than just their money. Yeah, yeah. To help people with sustainable living, to be able to teach them how to. Feed a village. Yep. Um, you know, the, the chocolate factor, if you recall, which was a highlight for many people. But the immediate impact that you'll have and the differences in people's lives uh, is wholly worth it. And, Doug, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the people that we ex- experienced were totally different than what we expected. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I yeah. mean, these people were alive, <laughs> and uh, they were very mobile. I mean, people had their, their electronics. Um, Amber Cove was awesome.
0: Final question here: What happened to the Heat tonight? The Hornets kind of wound up them last minute.
1: Uh, don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: They're uh, oh, what boy. are they?
0: two two now, right?
1: Uh, no, it's uh, three two. Three two. Back to Charlotte.
0: Okay. Well, there we go. But, uh,
1: you know that'll be Friday, and uh, look forward to it uh, coming back to Miami for a hopeful hopefully for a game seven.
0: Sports Talk with Stuart Chira on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thanks, man.
1: Hey, my pleasure.
2: If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on radio channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio.
1: For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art.
0: park west makes us excited to spend money on art
1: to find out more about park west gallery visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the park west gallery icon from its rich heritage picturesque beaches and unparalleled blue waters it's
0: no wonder over seven million people cruise to the caribbean every year what do you want to do Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay, go for an island tour, take a beach break, or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Like Tina, her and her kids just got back from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Splendor out of Port Miami. Uh, they got to hit Amber Cove and all the cool ports out there, so we'll talk all about that. But first off, Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. Now, before we get the Carnival Splendor and all the cool ports you hit, what made you want to sail Carnival Splendor out of Port Miami?
3: So my family has taken a spring break cruise for the last two years, and we mm-hmm. decided to make it a three-peat, so I usually start by checking out the departure date, the price, and then the ports of call, and this trip just happened to went out.
0: Nice. Now, you are here in Jacksonville, Florida, as am I, mm-hmm. and you had to make the drive, or did you drive or fly down there, first off? No, we drove. Okay, cool. So it's like a five, five and a half hour drive, so uh, you make your way to Port Miami. Did you park at the pier, or did you get like a parking package?
3: We parked right at the pier, right across from where the ship was. We Mm -hmm. had a scheduled uh, embarkation of 10 to 10.30, which is exactly when we arrived. Security was fast, easy, no problem. We checked in. We were boarding group three. However, the ship had not started boarding it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was all right for me. Uh, I know everyone's time is probably a little different. The kids had their electronics. I had my books. The first 30 minutes wait wasn't a big deal. But after about 30, 45 minutes, the kids started asking how much longer are we going to get on yet? Um, but it was about an hour before they started uh, boarding the ship, and then about 15 minutes before Group 3 got on.
0: So it was about an hour and 15 from the parking lot to stepping foot on the ship?
3: No, to getting in line to step onto the ship. Oh, okay. It was, yeah, it was probably closer to an hour and 45 minutes to actually get onto the ship.
0: Okay, so you made your way on the ship. What were your first impressions of Carnival Splendor?
3: We actually were on Carnival Splendor last year mm-hmm. for the same spring break cruise. So since the, it was a long time before we got on the ship, and now the kids were starving. So we pretty much <laughs> didn't look around. We designed right for the Lido deck lunch, but stopped off to get their stickers for unlimited bubbles, which is one of their favorite things on the ship. Then sat down at the Lido deck lunch area all the way until one thirty when we were supposed to get on, able to get into our rooms. Mm-hmm. Then we headed downstairs, but the rooms weren't ready. About two o'clock, Another guest opened up the doors, uh, even though the rooms weren't ready. So, a plus side was we were able to walk through all of the hallways and look at all the different setups of the room. Uh-huh. And that was probably the best part of what we saw when we first got on. The kids actually even would go into some of the rooms that were being cleaned to see the setup. Some had bunk beds, which they hadn't had on the ship before, and things like that.
0: Nice. That's cool. I was on Carnival Splendor back in – it was like 2013 when Carnival first announced their Dr. Seuss at Sea program. And I think it was on board Carnival Splendor in New York City. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember there being – and correct me if I'm wrong – lots of pink in the atrium. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah, it's all okay. It's all pink. Gotcha. All right, yeah. It's almost like a little too much pink. But uh, you make your way to the stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it?
3: So we were on the sixth floor in the balcony in the aft. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a king-size bed with sleeper sofa. Uh, it was great for me and the kids. We had a spot for all of our belongings. And one of my surprises, though, was when as soon as we checked in, they had to select between a nighttime turndown or a morning cleanup of the room, mm-hmm. which I had never had before. I've always gotten both of them. So that was a little surprising to me with the room. But other than that, it was it fit our needs. It was perfect for us.
0: You had an aft balcony? Mm-hmm. So are those balconies bigger than regular balconies?
3: Well, no, it was still on the side of the okay. balcony. It was actually right above the uh, main entertainment room.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Nice. You uh, you asked if you wanted the turndown service in the morning or night. Was that uh, asked to you? At what point was that asked to you?
3: We were barely checked into the room, and that's when our steward walked around and and asked us.
0: Gotcha. Wow. So you couldn't do two if you wanted?
3: No, yeah. I actually asked, too. I said, well, can I have both? And he goes, no, you have to check one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. Uh, So let's talk about, uh, well, you said you had a balcony stateroom, and uh, the size of the balcony, what did you think of that?
3: It was perfect for us. It fit just barely, you know, the little state chair and the table, Mm -hmm. the two chairs and the table, a little room to stick your feet up, but it was perfect for me and the kids.
0: Gotcha. And how about as far as space in the cabin, as far as putting your luggage away and enough outlets for all the devices you have and all that? I always
3: bring a power strip, so mm-hmm. we were able to each charge of our electronics at night. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had enough. Right. Uh, the enough closet space place for probably just about the three of us, but I kind of overpack with two younger kids, not knowing how many times they're going to change. <laughs>
2: yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and then
3: I always take one luggage, the largest one, stick it under the bed, and that becomes our hamper. So we had plenty of space. There
0: you go. Uh, let's talk about dining aboard Carnival Splendor, And we'll start at the top in the Lido Deck area and work our way down. So how was like the Lido Deck marketplace for you up there?
3: The Lido Deck is where we went in the very the very beginning. It's where we had most of our lunches. There's the burrito bar, the wok, and then that non-guy's burger joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the rotisserie and then the deli, too. The food is by far my kids' probably favorite part of the whole cruise. To me, the Lido Deck, and that's just... Standard. Although the kids especially love the unlimited ice cream and froyo that they get throughout the entire day <laughs> at Polito <the> Deck. <laughs> my favorite part, though, is definitely the main room dining. Mm-hmm. Originally, we were scheduled for a late dinner, but luckily the maitre d worked with us, and on like, the second day, we had the 6 p.m. seating. Nice. Yep. Yeah. One reason I love it for me is that I know I'm going to get a few hours with my kids with no distractions. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so that's why I like the the dining where you sit down. <laughs> But the other thing, we have a lot of memories when we, you know, we always get the did you ever.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we
3: usually share that. And then uh, my daughter always gets probably three or four orders of the spring rolls. <laughs> They're <laughs> so good, eat, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes eat them just for her meal. Right. The, the waiter was great. Uh, she, my daughter doesn't like to get the mashed potatoes and puree mm-hmm. with it. So they always gave them to her without, she didn't even have to ask after like the second day. They just knew. <laughs> So that's always nice that so they get to know you and know what you want to eat.
0: What was your favorite meal in the main dining room?
3: I don't know. I'm a huge fan of the chocolate malt and lava cake. That's probably what oh, yeah. <laughs> which I know isn't a main <laughs> meal, but probably my favorite part.
0: Nice. Any other places you hit around the ship, like the, the pizza area or anything like that?
3: The kids hit the pizza area almost every night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that late night, picking them up from Camp Carnival. That's what they grab and, and eat before they go to bed. We did uh, dining in the room or our, our stateroom uh, mm-hmm. for breakfast before one of our excursions, which we usually do almost every time. The kids really enjoy that. Uh, but we didn't hit any of the other main dining rooms.
0: Gotcha. Uh, did you do that when uh, you said you did room service? Did you do the complimentary room service or did you do the uh, the upcharged one? We did the complimentary. Gotcha. Cool. All right, well, let's talk about uh, entertainment aboard Carnival Splendor, and uh, we'll talk about Camp Carnival as well because you said you uh, you picked your kids up from there. I guess they call it Camp mm-hmm. Ocean now. It's no longer Camp Carnival. So no, uh, my
3: two little ones are still in Camp Carnival. Oh, are Camp they? Carnival? Yes, Camp Carnival is up until uh, twelve year, eleven years old.
0: Oh, I'm glad. I uh, see and you know more up. than I do because I don't have kids. So <laughs> I'm uh, yep. I'm always every time I say Camp Carnival, I always correct myself and say Camp Ocean. But I guess there are two of them still.
3: Yep, there's three: Camp Carnival, Camp Ocean and Camp H2O, I think, is the oldest one.
0: Don't I feel like an idiot now? Oh I'll well. let you
3: know in a couple years. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, very nice. Well, let's, let's talk about that first, and how did your kids like uh, Camp Carnival?
3: So that is, again, one of their favorite parts. We always sign up ahead of time. They're at the age now where, at 10 years old, they're allowed to f- sign themselves out if you let them, mm-hmm. and we had never done that in the past, but I told them this year that I would let them sign themselves in and out as long as they checked in, and they felt like they were teenagers. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So they checked in right away. They made friends instantly and then started checking themselves in and out with the friends that they made and probably half the time at Camp Carnival and half the time exploring the ship and feeling like a grown-up.
0: Nice. That's really cool. What did you think about the entertainment around the ship?
3: So the first thing I did when I got there, I knew I was going to treat myself, and I got the VIP spa package that you get if you're on one of the spa floors. Mm -hmm. And so three of the hot tub, the steam rooms, and the hot chair rooms. So uh, as well as I booked myself a massage, that was one of the first things I did. And then uh, at night, it took a couple days for me to start getting out on my own, but by night three, I started going to the nighttime shows. I did the magic show, the Motown with Mark Anthony. There was a 90s. Performance, and then another show. I can't remember the last one.
0: Did you see Epic Rock?
3: That was it. It was Epic Rock. I love that one. Yep. All those were really good. The Magic show was okay. Mm -hmm. The kids probably would have enjoyed it, but they didn't go. Uh, But I definitely enjoyed the Mark Anthony and then the the Rock one.
0: Those were great. How about uh, any comedians for you? I did. I hit
3: Mm -hmm. comedians probably every night, sometimes more than once on the later half of the ship. Um, I went to both the adult one and the under-18 shows. Mm Mm-hmm. The under eighteen shows, I felt like they were kind of struggling to find content that they felt comfortable saying, because all of them were definitely great over eighteen adult comedians. Nice. So it was interesting. How about music around
0: the ship? Like, as far as the band playing in the atrium or around the casino or anything like that?
3: I loved the band in the atrium. Mm -hmm. They were always so. I did trivia too, and so they would always play after trivia. And so I usually sat around for like one set before I would I would head off because they were just they were very entertaining.
0: Nice. Well, let's talk about sea days uh, aboard Carlos Flinders. Of course, we say on the show, one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea as far as the public spaces, the passenger flow, uh, how it is by the pool. So how was the sea days for you and your family?
3: Sea days are by far my favorite days, too. Mm -hmm. I wish more ships had itineraries where there was more sea days and less ports. But first off, the sea day brunch is one of the reasons why I love it. I didn't mention that when we had food. But the sea day brunch is how we always start our sea days. And one day the kids and I went uh, together, and then the next day I went by myself. And when I went by myself, it was probably one of the best days, uh, moments that I had on the ship, because they sat me with a whole bunch of other single ladies, and we just kid off talking, and that was great. So that's my favorite part of the sea days. Then the ship itself, it was packed because it was spring break. There were tons of kids. But you really only noticed it when you were in the casino area, that passageway that everybody has to walk through. Mm -hmm. Other than that, and when the pictures were out, too, then you could hardly walk through yeah. at picture time. But other than that, I would retreat to the spa, and I never there was never more than two people in the spa with me at a time.
0: Uh, back to the the brunch and all that, did you do the the Dr. Seuss breakfast experience?
3: We did not do okay. that this time mm-hmm. on Splendor, but I did it last year cool. when I went on Splendor. Did uh, the kids the, like it? The kids did like it. It was a lot of fun, uh, the crazy funny foods, the uh-huh. different colors, the <laughs> pictures— but they are now at the age where – I was probably the last year I could have done it at 10 and 11. i yeah. say it's more attuned to the 5- to 9-year-old range. Right.
0: Gotcha. Uh, let's talk about what ports you hit on this seven-night sailing. You said you, uh, you hit Amber Cove. Um, yeah, go ahead and you tell me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Amber Cove, St. Thomas, San Juan, and Grand Turk. Amber Cove was first, Mm -hmm. and I think we talked a little bit about that, and I posted on your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. It was a letdown to me only because last year we spent a day at Mahogany Bay, which Mm. I think is also a carnival port. Correct. And I expected that since Amber Cove was newer than Mahogany Bay, that it would be more inclusive, similar Mm. to Mahogany Bay. And while there was a pool and a single zip line and a couple shops— To me, it wasn't to the same extent of where Mahogany Bay. I could have spent a week at Mahogany Bay (laughs) and not gotten bored. We only spent a couple hours at port at Amber Cove and then went back. I didn't book my excursions until – I booked my excursions before I went to the excursion show that Mm -hmm. they do. And the cruise director said, if there's one port you should book a cruise at, it's Amber Cove. And I wish I would have known that, but I already spent what I was going to spend on excursions at that point. So right. Amber Cove was just visiting the port.
0: Yeah, I because I was at Amber Cove uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was there for actually three days for uh, with Fathom. And I don't know. I, I liked it because I thought the it was laid out pretty cool. Like you get off the ship, you go one way for your excursions. And the other way for the, you know, the pool and the, I like the swim up bar and the racer slides were kind of cool up there as well, but also a really cool part of Ember Cove. I liked, of course, I liked it was the bar, but the observation bar at the top, which mm-hmm. did you walk up there?
3: I did. I did walk yeah. up there and I brought the kids back to the port. And I did go up there and look around. And I think so I should say I think Amber Cove is great. Mm-hmm. I only was le- leaning up against Mahogany Bay, yeah, and yeah. had different plans. But if had I not been in Mahogany Bay last year, I probably would have really liked Amber.
0: Yeah. Cove. So you also went to St. Thomas. What did you do there?
3: Yep. So, so at the rest of the ports, we each picked. Me and each of my kids picked an excursion. Mm-hmm. So St. Thomas, I picked the Castaway Girl catamaran, Sea Turtle Cove snorkel. Okay. With With unlimited rum punch. got to have
2: that.
3: I should have known by the unlimited punch that it was more for adults and a lot of beginner snorkelers, I guess, if you had alcohol too. But um, we only saw one turtle. Uh, We had to follow the guide throughout the whole cove, and there was a lot of people there. So if you're a beginner snorkeler or if you just want to go out and have fun, that's a really good excursion. But if you like to snorkel like me and the kids – it was a bit of a letdown for the snorkeling part. The boat ride was great though. The catamaran out there, they rode really, really fast. And my son was the only kid who went, only person who went all the way up to the front <laughs> and literally was drenched by the time we got to our stop.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I always enjoy going over to, uh, taking the ferry over to St. John and going to Trunk Bay when I'm St. Thomas.
3: That one was full by the time uh, I went to book the excursions. That was our plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so awesome there. Um, so moving on here, you also hit uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico.
3: Yeah, we hit San Juan. That was my daughter's pick. We went horseback riding at La Hacienda. Uh, it was a great tour. Um, it was really—I think anybody could go on that. Families, couples, single people, anybody. Uh, it was about a half hour out to the house, the uh-huh. hacienda. Then about ninety minutes on the horse, and then about another half hour around their little bar and store, and then a half hour ride back. Uh, Of the people that were on the bus with us, half of us were going on horses, and half of them were going on ATVs.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah. And uh, you'd recommend that as well?
3: Oh, definitely, definitely. It was by far my daughter's favorite, although it was her pick. Mm -hmm. But the guides were extremely friendly and knowledgeable, so if you either wanted to go on horseback riding or just wanted to see great scenery, or if you want to take an AV ride, it would be a great excursion.
0: Cool, and then the very last port you hit was?
3: Grand Turk.
0: Yes, what would you do? there,
3: my son picked the Adrenaline High Wire Challenge and Zipline. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was uh, definitely his and my favorite, ranks up with our one of our favorite ever mm-hmm. ex- excursions. We only have one other excursion that beats it out, I think. Uh, it, the guides were, again, they were very helpful at one point. I didn't think my 11-year-old daughter was going to make it. Uh, I'd say she's afraid of heights, but she clarified me. She's not afraid of heights. She's afraid of falling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when she got to the very high zip line, mm-hmm. uh she pretty much froze, and she was almost unable to go. And one of the younger guides climbed up to her, really befriended her, talked her through it, had her go, and then uh, she enjoyed the rest of the way. At that same point, though, somebody else was unable to keep going. They just couldn't go anymore. And so they actually had somebody go up and hook them, too, and climb them down. So I think it doesn't matter if you want to try ziplining and you don't know, this is a great place to go and try it because they were very patient, great training us. And it is a challenge, though. Yeah. You first climb up a rock wall, then you go up some rope, rope climbs, and it, so it's not just ziplining.
0: Wow, I didn't realize that Grand Turk even had ziplining, but I, I never I never find my way straying that far away from the port because I always find myself at jack shack.
3: Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's what I, That's exactly what the cruise director said. He said that you should book a curb at, uh, excursion at Amber Cove and then just pop your little butt at the beach at Grand Turk. Yeah. We it backwards.
0: <laughs> for sure. So you make your way back to uh, Port Miami, and how was this embarkation for you?
3: So disembarkation was okay. We decided to do self-assist mm-hmm. uh, because we had the car right there. There was no reason to wait. But being on floor six, we were the very last self-assist. In the past, they've been on floors that were not last, and so I spent the whole time in the room before having to get out, mm-hmm. and we could just, just spark on the self-assist. But this time, we had to get out and wait in the hallways a little bit. So it was good up till we had to get in the elevator to go down. We ended up going up a few floors just to get on the elevator and go down.
0: Ugh, gotcha.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, when we got there, the line was quick. I don't think we waited on line from the time we got out onto the port. I don't think we made it, waited 115 minutes in line.
0: So customs was really fast and all that? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's good. Any first-time tips you may have for people sailing uh, to the eastern Caribbean or sailing aboard Carnival Splendor? Well, I would
3: have to recommend that high Adrenaline High Wire Challenge mm-hmm. and Zipline. That by far was a, a great excursion. And again, if you're going to Amber Cove, I would say to book an excursion uh, if, if you wanted to do something more than a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, It's just about relaxing and having fun. Don't let yourself get caught up in making yourself do too much.
0: Looking back on your cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you?
3: I think it was probably just spending time with my family mm-hmm. um the kids are growing up and like i said that hour you get to almost 2 hours you get to sit at the table and ask them about all their their things that they've enjoyed and done is probably always a highlight of very cruise for me
0: very good and uh final question here what are your final thoughts of carnival splendor
3: well i went on it twice so <laughs> <laughs> i must i must like it uh for me it, all the carnival ships are really great splendor is no exception It's really about relaxing and enjoying the cruise director. I mean, he was great as well as the rest of his team. It's about, to me about connecting them and and soaking off their energy and having fun. And this cruise definitely should do
0: that. Do you have your next cruise booked yet?
3: I was just looking today. I don't have it booked. We'll probably do a mini one during the summer, and I think this time I will book further in advance for the spring break cruise.
0: Well, hey, Carnival has a $49 deposit sale happening right now, so you might want to check that I out. I saw that. Yeah. That's
3: why I went on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. We've been talking with Tina. She's returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Splendor with her two kids. Uh, Tina, welcome home, and thanks so much for being on the show, my dear. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network.
0: So Port Canaveral is experiencing some crazy growth in 2016, like 4 million cruise passengers this year alone down there. Plus, the cruise port just increased parking by $1 per day if you're driving into the port. So on the line right now is Kayla from GoPortCanaveral.com. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Doug. So, I have a lot of questions for you. So, uh, before we get to all the parking questions and the cruise packages and all the good stuff, talk to us about GoPort Canaveral and the services you offer.
3: Here at GoPort Canaveral, we offer services in hotel and transportation packages, and we only offer services to cruisers.
0: Okay, so services to cruisers. So, like, do you offer just parking or is it hotel packages? Like, what do you offer down there?
3: We offer two types of hotel packages. Um, We offer a fly-snooze cruise package, which includes airport shuttle. And then we also offer snooze park cruise packages, which include cruise parking.
0: Now, you um, talk about these pre-cruise hotel packages, either flying in or driving in and parking at the hotel itself. Like, where do these packages offer?
3: These packages offer a hotel stay, Mm -hmm. uh, round-trip cruise transfers from your hotel to your cruise ship, and then they either offer round-trip airport shuttle from one of the three airports servicing Port Canaveral, or they offer free cruise parking for the duration of your cruise. Uh,
0: I want to talk about the parking situation, especially since uh, Port Canaveral decided to raise their prices a dollar per day. Uh, it's got a lot of people up in arms lately. So what is the major difference between using an off-site parking service like GoPort Canaveral and actually parking at the cruise pier?
3: Well, other than the difference in the price, the major difference is that when you're parking at the port, you're arranging your transportation and you're arranging what time you're going to get there. It's all up to you to figure all that out on your own. Mm -hmm. And for a first-time cruiser, that can be extremely daunting. So the benefit of using GoPort Canaveral Package is that we put it all together for you, and we give you a welcome kit that has a list of instructions, what time you should be at the port, uh, what time you can actually embark, how you know, you're know you going to get picked up at the parking lot and taken to the cruise, and what time that happens at. We put it all together in one very easy-to-use package.
0: In your off-site parking lots, uh, your service is very unique. Uh, can you expand on that?
3: Our off-site parking is unique in that we are the only ones who... Don't actually charge for parking. Mm -hmm. You get free parking when you park with GoPort Canaveral, and we provide you a transportation package, which includes the shuttle ride from the parking lot to the port, and it's a flat rate per person.
0: Okay, so I like that. So it was like, what, $10 a person, $5 a person? $10
3: $10 a person for a round-trip ride.
0: Okay, so if there was two of you, it would be $20 a round-trip, because if you were parking at Port Canaveral with the new rate increase, it would be $64. So you're saving... Uh, $44 there by using GoPort Canaveral. I like it. Very cool. So let's move on here and talk about uh, how far in advance should someone... Because like we said earlier, there's like 4 million people cruising out of Port Canaveral in 2016. So should people book these in advance or is this something like maybe uh, a day before they can try to say, hey, I want to park in your lot?
3: The best thing to do is book well in advance. We tend to sell out for the peak cruise times very quickly. So as soon as you book your cruise and or your flight information, you should really be booking your your pre-cruise arrangements then because space is limited. Um, Our lots, while they are large, they do fill very quickly.
0: Yeah, especially sometimes there's like as many as six ships a day down there in Port Canaveral. So uh, I, I know there's a lot of traffic down there as well. As far as the hotel packages, I know like before I travel, I like to pay everything in full are we paying for the hotel and everything in full before we get there or is it a fee we're going to be paying at the hotel once we check in
3: all the fees are paid up front when you book online and there's nothing you pay afterwards once you've paid your package price there's no hidden fees there's no extra costs that's it you're right you'll get your reservation number and you're good to go
0: A lot of people are hesitant to sometimes use off-site parking lots because transportation, getting to the ship is never a problem, but getting picked up when there's five or six ships in port, it could be a nightmare sometimes with waiting forever. What kind of frequency do you pick up for uh, on departure day?
3: We have a shuttle running a minimum of every 45 minutes, but Mm -hmm. it's usually every 15 minutes to a half hour.
0: Okay, very nice. So not bad at all there. And um, I'm sure all that is detailed in the instruction package you give the uh, cruisers? Yes, it is. Okay, very nice. Now, uh, in closing here, do you have any first-time tips for guests who may be driving into Port Canaveral for their cruise?
3: Yeah, the major one I have is plan to arrive a day before your cruise. There's all kinds of traffic issues that can pop up that are annoying at the very least, but at the very worst can cause you to miss your cruise. So you're much better off coming down the day before, staying at, you know, one of the hotels in the area, and then that way you know you're not going to miss your cruise, you can enjoy all of the the local fare around here. We have amazing seafood, we have beautiful beaches. You might as well start your vacation a day early and come down early.
0: I was going to say I'm only like maybe 2 hours north of you guys down there in Port Canaveral and I always come in a night early for two reasons. One because of Jetty Park. I love that park down there. And two fish lips, the restaurant right there where you can watch all the ships leave uh, before you sail. Awesome!
3: I 100% agree with that. Fish lips is one of my favorite. Grills is also a great place. It's actually in the port over by the Royal Caribbean Terminal. It's Mm -hmm. also got amazing seafood there. We've
0: been talking with Kayla at goportcanaveral.com. If you want to find a link to goportcanaveral, just check out the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Also, while you're at goportcanaveral.com, at checkout, use the promo code CRUISERADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. So uh, cool stuff there. Kayla, thanks for being on the show and great talking to you.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip.
1: Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. At
0: Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day